Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back. Darren Mitchell here, and you're listening to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast, coming to you live from the Macedon Ranges here in Victoria on this Thursday, the 8th of December, 2022. Trust wherever you happen to be in the world, you are finishing the week off very strongly, and hopefully your team are ticking all the boxes and not getting too distracted by all of the Christmas parties that are no doubt happening around the world right now, because I know in in Australia and Victoria, there's a lot of Christmas parties happening, uh, a lot of Christmas parties that have already happened, and I'm sure there's a lot more Christmas parties that are happening between now and Christmas Day. So uh, I trust if you're enjoying those festivities, you are doing so with the, uh, with the level of integrity that uh, continues to create the impressions that you want to create. So uh, in today's episode, I want to talk about impressions, but from the context of, I'm going to talk about mentoring. It's a conversation that I've had this week, and I've run a number of workshops this week actually on the power of mentoring. So I thought, what better time than now to share some thoughts on the power of mentoring? And particularly when we think about this, human beings, we're all a work in progress, every single one of them. And especially, this is true for sales leaders, uh, always a work in progress. We should be always constantly developing and improving and uh, asking ourselves, how do we get our performance? How do we get our skill sets, our capabilities? our attitude to an entirely new level because that presupposes that there is another level to get to. And this is where mentoring comes into it. So the first question off the top of this particular episode is a very direct question right now, and that is who is your mentor or who are your mentors? Now that presupposes you have mentors. And if you don't, hopefully out of this particular episode, you'll get some things to think about in relation to now is the time to go and source an appropriate mentor for me that can help me take my performance to an entirely new level. The other question I want you to start thinking about is who are you mentoring? Now, one one thing I'll, I'll put on the table right now, and this is an interesting conversation I had with a group earlier this week around this topic, and that is mentors typically do not go out seeking mentees. It's very rare. Sometimes what you will have is a situation in an organization where there'll be a match between a mentor and a mentee, and they are introduced and they are put together and a relationship will start to form and they'll start to you know, make some progress on that. But when it comes to most mentoring uh, relationships, it is not the mentor who will be seeking out the mentee. It is almost in all cases the mentee who will source the mentor and ask the mentor. So as a mentor, as a potential mentor, it's something that we need to start thinking about in terms of are we prepared to become a mentor because when you think about what is a mentor and there's a lots and lots of different definitions one of the definitions that I've used this week is a mentor is a trusted teacher a trusted advisor and sometimes a trusted counselor who plays an influential role in a person's life now when i say life often a mentoring relationship will start out as a business relationship but as the relationship develops and as we get to know each other better Sometimes the conversations will move away from just having a pure business conversation and it'll move into other areas of life. So when you think about what what mentoring is versus what coaching is, coaching tends to be a very very specific skill-based, capability-based conversation. Uh, Mentoring tends to be a lot longer and a lot wider in terms of the relationship and covers off a lot of different topics. 
So in today's episode, I wanted to cover off a, a number of different areas. So at least when you're listening to this and you're thinking about jumping into the pool of mentorship and you're looking for the opportunity to become a mentor, or if you're fat, in fact, if you're looking for a mentor, here's some things to think about and to contemplate when it comes to identifying an appropriate mentor. So first and foremost, let's talk about uh, what mentors do. Well, at a high level, the mentors are there to enable others. And what they can do is a mentor and teach in many different ways. And at their core, they have a genuine care for the mentee. Now, effective mentoring creates what we call a mental model shift, which is essentially helping somebody to see things differently. And it's about human growth and about human development. So at its core, it's about enabling somebody to become better than what they are today. And it could go across multiple different topics. Now, when it comes to some of the things that mentors do, uh, there's a checklist that I shared with the group this week. And I'll just run through the things that are on this checklist. And just for yourself, when it comes to either setting yourself up to be a mentor, or when you're thinking about becoming a mentee, just have a think about these. But also in the case of reflecting, because I know that there'll be people who have mentored you up until now, and I'm going to presuppose that there's been a lot of mentors in your in your life up until this particular point, whether it be in your career or what have you. Uh, you may not necessarily have called them at the time a mentor, but as you reflect back on them, they were mentors. Now, they might have been short-term relationships, they might have been longer-term relationships, but I guarantee that they would have covered off some of these 19 points that are about to go through at a really high level. So some of the things to think about that mentors do. Number one, they set high performance expectations. They're not there to be average and they're not there for you to be average. So they set high performance expectations. Number two, they also offer challenging ideas. They are there to challenge your thinking and to give you, in some cases, a pattern interrupt. So they'll do that constantly. Number three, they will help build self-confidence. They're not there for themselves. They're there to pour into you, and that's what they're trying to do, help build self-confidence. Number four, they'll encourage professional behavior. They'll help you set standards, and they'll set standards of excellence for themselves, and they'll expect you, and they'll expect themselves to adhere to those professional standards. Number four, they will offer friendship. Now, interestingly, sometimes when I talk about what mentoring is not, it is not necessarily a friendship. However, Often out of a mentoring relationship, friendships and sometimes long-term friendships can definitely be fostered. Number six, they will confront negative behaviors and attitudes. They have a level of candor because they've built that level of respect. They can say the things that need to be said, not necessarily just saying the things that you want to hear. So confronting negative behaviors and attitudes is a great uh, skill set of a mentor. They'll also, number seven, listen to personal problems. Now, if you've got somebody who is a confidant, chances are you'll feel more comfortable sharing what it is you need to share in order to get over the challenge that you've got. Number eight, they teach by example. And a lot of this is not just going to be the things that they say, but they're also very conscious of the role modeling behaviors that people are watching. And as a mentor, have to be absolutely on your game all the time because people are watching, even though you may not be mentoring the people who are watching, they are still watching. So teaching by example. Number nine, provide growth experiences. And this is opening up opportunities. And maybe it's a case of introducing people to people who you wouldn't normally have access to, but that provides an opportunity to grow and to provide those experiences. Number 10, they'll offer quotable quotes. Now, it could be quotes from themselves or it could be quotes from uh, historical people or famous people or very successful people, but it's always going to be useful and it's always going to be intentional and it's always going to be relevant. 
Number 11, they will explain how the organization works and particularly relevant if you've got a mentor within your organization who it is a high, at a high level. Typically, they're not gonna be in your line of management because mentoring has changed a lot today compared to where it used to be even 15, 20 years ago where mentors tended to be the one-up or the two-up manager and designed to help you get to the next step. Nowadays, mentors could be any, anywhere within the organization and not necessarily is the best one to be in your direct line of management. So that's number 11, explaining how the organization works. Number two, they would go beyond duties or obligations. They are there to serve you and they're there to pour into you. So it's not necessarily going to be a rigid relationship. They'll go beyond and they'll go in many cases where they need to go in order to help you. Number 13, they will stand by their mentee in critical situations. There's nothing better than having the knowledge that you've got somebody who's got your back, who will support you and who will stand by you when it's really needed. Number 14, they will offer wise counsel. Now, this is not telling you what to do. This is often challenging your thinking, but also lifting a mirror so you can see what's going on and maybe offering some insights that enable you to make the necessary changes. Number 15, they will encourage winning behavior. It's all always about positive development. It's always about what are the lessons we can learn from any situation and how can we take the positive out of this. Number 16, they will inspire to excellence. And we always talk about role modeling of excellence and this is what mentors do incredibly well. Number 17, they will share critical knowledge and that is often they'll share information that's not readily available or not something they readily share with the wider groups. They'll share specific knowledge, specific insights and sometimes uh, uh, confidential but it's relevant information to the mentee in order to help them. Number 18, they will offer encouragement and this is something they'll constantly do. It's always, always the top of mind, always encouraging the mentee in terms of taking the next step. And the last one, which is probably one of the most obvious ones, number 19, they can assist with careers. And this is not necessarily um, giving people uh, preferential treatment. It is about encouraging them and maybe opening doors for them that ordinarily those doors may not be uh, as easily opened and can help fast track people's careers. So when you think about those 19 things and you're thinking about becoming a mentor, just do a bit of a mental check against each of those and do you do those for other people right now? Can you do those? Do you have the capacity to do those? And when you think about your career so far in your life up until this point where you've identified some mentors, out of those 19, which ones have your mentors done for you? So it's a, it's a great mentors checklist just to think about some of the things that mentors do and make sure you check all that apply because it'll put you in a really good state to establish a really powerful mentoring relationship. So that's the checklist that the mentors do. Now, what does mentoring look like? Because I often get these questions and I was asked this question this week, what does mentoring look like? Because when you think about it, many different people have different interpretations of what mentoring is. And sometimes people even interchange the word mentoring with coaching and apply it in the same way. I, I look at it in very similar ways that coaching and mentoring is all about enabling. It is not about being, because in a, in a true definition of coaching, and I learned this when I went through coaching school, is as a coach, we should be there asking lots and lots of questions and not necessarily giving guidance to the person. But the presupposition there is the person has all the resources available to them inside themselves. Our job as a coach is to help them find those answers for themselves and not necessarily give them the answers. Now, in a practical world, I've found that it doesn't always necessarily work as well as it perhaps might work in theory. So how, how I work with clients is a combination. It'll be a combination of mentoring and it'll be a combination of coaching. And sometimes there's also 
an element of teaching in there as well. So from a mentoring point of view, what does mentoring actually look like? Well, it can take many, many different forms and dimensions, and it can be quite flexible. Now, it can be anything from a one-off conversation right through to a lifelong relationship, and it can be formal, but it also can be informal. Now, mentoring, just so you know, can happen unconsciously and sometimes without actually meeting anybody. It was an interesting question I asked the team this week, and that was, who have you identified or can you identify in your life so far that you've been mentored by, but you've never actually met them? Now, that could be through following people on social media who have a reputation, uh, reading books, listening to podcasts, attending conferences and so forth. You may never get to meet the mentor, but you still get the benefit of the guidance and the information they share, and therefore they are effectively mentoring you. So one of the things we covered off this week was just sharing the different types of mentoring structures that might exist. And there's essentially four that we covered, and this is based on the length of the relationship that you might put in place with the mentee, as well as the formality of the relationship. So what sort of structure is going to be in place in relation to the mentoring. So the first one was you might have a highly structured but a short-term mentoring relationship. Now this is formal for a short term and it might be there to meet specific objectives. And an example of that would be a brand new employee coming into the organization who's now been paired with or butted up with a senior person for company orientation or to get them a fast start in the organization. Now I would simply, I would probably not necessarily give somebody who is in their direct line management. I'd be giving somebody who can give a wider view of the company, uh, but I'd also give a buddy to any specific skill sets that this person needs to have, which might be more of a coach than a mentor, um, but it's going to be highly structured and it's probably only going to be a short term until such time as that person who's coming into the organization has developed a higher level of conscious competence, but also a higher level of confidence that they're quite capable of of doing things on their own once they've uh, once they've settled in. So that's the first one, highly structured and short-term. The second one is something that's highly structured and more of a long-term uh, mentoring relationship. And this could be, an example here could be succession planning or to develop someone to take over a different role or a function or to master a specific craft. So it's gonna be very, very structured. You might be meeting on a, on a regular basis and this is going to be going over long term because there might be somebody who needs to develop some significant skill sets within the organization that they do need that time. The third type is an informal relationship, but it's also a short-term relationship. And this could be off-the-cuff or spontaneous type conversations and mentoring. There may be no ongoing relationship, but the mentoring is often heavily change-oriented. So I talked yesterday about change and the importance of being emotionally intelligent through change. Uh, many people need a lot of work, a lot of help, when it comes to going through changes within their business and sometimes changes within their life. So it could be an informal but a short-term structure. And the final one is an informal structure but a long-term relationship. And often this is referred to as friendship mentoring. And it consists of being available as needed to discuss problems, challenges, listen and share knowledge. So it might be that you catch up on an irregular basis but the person knows that you're there for the long-term to help them on their journey. So there's some different structures and different lengths of relationships to contemplate and to think about when it comes to structuring the mentoring relationship. Now, with every conversation around this, we've also got to talk about what mentoring is not. And there are six things that I normally cover off in relation to what mentoring isn't. And first and foremost, it is not a training program. So this is not a training course you go to. Having said that, often a mentoring relationship will include some form of training but it's gonna be dedicated and customized training. It is also not 
a temporary worker program. This is not slave labor where you get somebody who is your mentee, in inverted commas, to do some work for you to help you in your particular area of the business. It is not that. It's also not a social club. Now, you might actually sit down with your mentor or your mentee and have coffee, or you might have a beer, whatever the case might be, but it's not there. You're not you're not having the beer for the sake of having a beer, and you're not having the coffee for the sake of having a coffee. There is a clear intention as to what the purpose of the conversation is, so it's not a social gathering. The other thing it's not is psychotherapy, so we've got to be really careful where our boundaries are as a mentor, and if there's some stuff that we need to bring a, a more professional person in, then we need to be able to make that call and do that. So it's not about doing the counseling stuff and it's certainly not being a psychiatrist or a psychologist. It's also not necessarily a friendship. Now, the interesting thing about this one is that it is often a case where you've got a good mentor, a relationship will build, and often that relationship will turn into a friendship. But it doesn't necessarily start out as that. So don't treat it necessarily just as a friendship. And the last one, it is not a transactional contract. Now, having said that, there are people who will pay mentors and that's perfectly okay, but it is not a case of a transactional contract in terms of I have to sit down with this person. I have to pay them. They've got to give me some of this. It's not. It's, it has to be a business-to-business, mutually beneficial, valuable relationship, not simply a transaction. So there's some things to think about about what mentoring is not. And the final piece of the puzzle as we move towards wrapping up this particular episode is to think about what are some guiding principles that both the mentee and the mentor should discuss and consider before entering into some form of mentoring relationship. Now, this is just an example, but some things to think about. And of course, of course, if you're going to set up a mentoring relationship, you might actually have a lot more than these, or you might have just a, a few of these. But thinking about some of these things, which could include guiding principles such as honesty, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be transparent, I'm going to be open, I'm going to be fair, there's going to be a level of trust, there's a level of confidentiality, there's patience, there's influence. I'm going to have candor, so I'm going to have some good times and and be friendly, but I'm also going to have some candor, which means I can have the conversation that I need to have when I need to have it. So it's not about telling the mentee what they want to hear, it's about telling the mentee what it is they need to hear. So it's having candor. It's also about respect and follow-up, and there's a whole host of other guiding principles that you can think about, but the key thing around mentoring, if you're looking for a mentor and if you're looking to become a mentor, then think about what are some of the guiding principles that are really, really important to you that you can sit down and work through collectively to then come up with a framework for what the relationship is going to look like moving forward. So I hope that uh, that helps and I hope that information I've shared today is something that you can utilize, whether it become whether it be you becoming a mentee, looking for a mentor, or in fact, if you are a person who's looking to take on a mentoring relationship with somebody else. Just remember though, we're all work in progress and the whole purpose of becoming a mentor is to help enable that person to improve, to get better, to grow and get outside of their comfort zone. And it's a great opportunity, but it also comes with great responsibility. So please, if you're looking to become a mentor, do not take that for granted. So uh, with that said, if you'd like some help with any of this and particularly as a sales leader, If you believe there's another level of your performance you can get to and become an exceptional sales leader and you're looking for a mentor to help you along that journey, love to be that person that can help you do just that. Simply go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation about where you're at, map out a plan and start executing that plan ASAP. That's one way or you can simply send me a text message 0412 that gets direct access to me. And of course, if you're outside of Australia, plus 61412 So very much look forward to that conversation. 
And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.